So please welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. I am so excited today to have Christine and Jimmy more on the podcast and we will get to it right after this. An important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In this podcast, it is my pleasure to be interviewing Jimmy and Christine Moore. Jimmy Moore is a powerhouse of information when it comes to the ketogenic diet, being the author of many famous books, including Keto Clarity, Cholesterol Clarity, and many, many more, plus the host of the longest-running, top-ranked iTunes health podcast, The Living the Levita Low-Carb Show. Christine Moore is a nutritional therapy practitioner who specializes in real food-based, low-carb, high-fat ketogenic nutrition, and together they have written their book, Real Food Keto, which contains a wealth of information that we'll dig into in the podcast with recipes from Maria Emmerich, who was on the Fat Weight Loss Show back in episode five. And we had such a blast talking about digestive issues, the community of people surrounded by this book, common issues that Christine notices when she sees patients, and some of those common fixes as well, plus a whole lot more. So real food is something that is near and dear to my heart, along with adding a few keto treats here and there. So I recommend checking out all of the information over at Real Food keto.com and stick around to the end of the podcast where we talk about some of the first steps you can take with real food keto so let's get right into it so christine and jimmy welcome to the podcast i'm so excited to have you here today um how is your day going it's going well thank you for having us hey man good day <laughs> yeah, so so I'm from Australia, so I have this weird Australian accent. So I love is, Australian <laughs> accent. Americans are enamored by accents from foreign countries. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I get a lot of health on it with my YouTube videos, and, and, and I, I pronounce certain things wrong. And oh, what do you call Australia and uh, <laughs> broccoli? Have you heard of that one before? Which broccoli? one? Broccoli. Oh, broccoli, yes. Broccoli, broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Vitamins. Not, Vitamins. I think it's, yeah. Tazzy <laughs> instead of Tasmania. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we could go on this for hours. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I know that both of you were recently here in Australia. So and, I've been um, three times, uh, 2012, 2014, and 2016. Christine did not come the last time because she's like, I've seen Australia. I don't need to go back again because it's a long – I'm just kidding. That – that's not the reason why. <laughs> no, I, we, we had done a lot of traveling that year, and so we had just been to Europe, and 
I don't do well on long flights. Yeah, it would have been two weeks after we were in the UK, Ireland, and Scotland. And she's like, I don't think I can go. I'm like, I'm going back to Australia. I love that country. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a very long flight, especially from America. You know, you've either got to go one way around the world or the other. And 27 and a half hours uh, from wow. our house to, to do flights and stuff. So we've learned to kind of do it the right way. Go to the West Coast of the United States, hang out a few days, hop over to New Zealand, hang out a few yep. days, really get acclimated, and then come over to Australia, and it's so much more pleasant. Oh, that is a fantastic way to do it. Stop off with our friends friends across the ditch, the uh, the New Zealanders. The Kiwis that, that hate <laughs> Kiwi. being called Aussies, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they really don't like that one. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, you know, the, the first question I do like to ask on this podcast is, I guess, typically a little bit of an icebreaker, but most people know... Uh, who who Jimmy is? Jimmy, you've done so many books and so much work in the ketogenic community already. But uh, may, you know, most people may not know who Christine is. And so, uh, it, before we get to a little bit about you and a little bit um, behind why you're doing um, this new book that's coming out, we, uh, you know, I'd just like to ask some <laughs> crazy questions that maybe people may not know about you. And so, uh, you know, from right from the get go, you were brought in t- into the world early. Um, how how do you think that has um, I guess changed the way that you've now thought about what you're doing with this book as well? Well, being a preemie, there's uh, certain things. I mean, you deal with a lot of health issues, and and sure enough, I did. I mean, I was in and out of the hospital for um, respiratory things because my lungs didn't fully develop. And um, the doctors had to give me oxygen to keep me alive, and that caused the blood vessels in my left eye to tear the retina in my left eye. So I'm blind in my left eye, and then the process was happening in my right eye, but they caught it in time. That makes me look really good today. She can't see as well. <laughs> You're so bad. Um, so my my parents growing up, they, they really didn't make the connection between the diet and some of the things that I was dealing with that I was, that I was more susceptible to. And um, in my early, like 10, 11, I started having joint pain. Um, early teens with my menstrual cycle, I started having really bad cramps and, and um, things associated with that. Um, and it was because of the diet, my parents didn't understand that the things that they were feeding us were um, exacerbating these issues. And if you looked at me, I never had a weight issue. I was always underweight. And so if you saw me on the street, you wouldn't, you would think, oh, well, she's healthy. She's okay because she's not overweight. Well, all the things that I was dealing with were on the inside that really couldn't be seen. And so it wasn't really until I started the ketogenic diet um, and really faithfully in 2011 that I saw some of these things that I dealt with in my childhood and early adulthood, um, I saw these things start to get better. And that's when we really made the connection between what we put in our mouth and, you know, how our health is. Mm, yeah, it's it's really interesting when you when you find that connection and when you can really track down and look to your past and say, these were all of the things that I was doing, and sometimes food was never the the main issue. And, and traditionally speaking, food is a pretty uncommon aid for for health. And so, uh, yeah. this is why we're we're, we're going to dive into uh, your brand new book. That is, uh, I'm not sure has it come out. Is it released yet? And it's um, 
it's, it's out, yes. It's out, yeah. It and I was looking uh, November sixth. November sixth. Ah, oh, awesome. And and I believe that it hit uh, the charts in the new release on Amazon. Is that right? Yes, it did. That We're is fantastic. So happy. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> it's such an effort to not only write an, a, a book and go into that pub, uh, you know, that writing period, but but then come out and have uh, a, such a great response. And so, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about the book and the the idea behind the book and how you've sort of taken two trains of thought and put them together with the nutritional therapy and the ketogenic diet? Sure. So we wanted this book not only to be about ketogenic diets, because there are going to be some people that have never experienced keto. They're going to pick up this book and, and see it. And so we wanted to cover in the beginning some basics about the ketogenic diet. And that's where Jimmy really did his thing, because that's what he's written about a lot. Um, so we we cover... Um, kind of the nuts and bolts of, of keto we cover in part two we cover the macros and why those things are necessary but in part three this is where I kind of got to shine a little bit and and my job in this book writing process was to brain dump I had to get everything out and Jimmy came behind me and kind of made it understandable because there was some of the ways some of the ways that I wrote it it wouldn't have been understandable by you know everyday person we were rolling in the first two parts and then i get to part three and go Arr! all right christine come here park it because we're gonna sit a while because i didn't understand a lot of the nutritional therapy aspect so yeah part three just took forever to edit <laughs> of course yeah and i'm sure a lot of readers would have absolutely felt the same if if you weren't able to you know make that those and and also like having a basic understanding of something means that you can teach it really well Right. Um, yeah, so sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So th- th- we wanted to r- reach a lot of people with this group, and Jimmy can kind of go into the different groups that we wanted to reach. But my main thing was talking about these nutritional therapy um, principles that, that aren't talked about a lot. And so many people are still struggling with health issues or their weight that they're just thinking about food and it's not just all about food it's so much more than that and that's kind of why i wanted to get these principles that i learned going through the nutritional therapy practitioner program well and as Mm -hmm. an observer in the nutritional health world for a very long time now i said you know what there's three different groups we're specifically trying to target with real food keto number one is the keto dieter who already understands the macronutrients, but they may not understand some of the real food aspect and why they need to be incorporating more real whole foods as part of their ketogenic approach. Then you got people who they know real food, but they don't really understand why they need to maybe incorporate more of a ketogenic approach. And so we're trying to reach those people to have them understand uh, the keto aspect of things. Then you got a whole bunch of people in Australia in America, all around the world that just don't give a crap about either one of those things. And so we're trying to make them care about it with this book. And then, of course, it's nutritional therapy. So it'll be a resource, hopefully, for some of Christine's fellow NTPs that are teaching this to clients and uh, helping them understand what in the world nutritional therapy is and how it can help improve their health. 
Right. Okay. So, so those three groups, I definitely think they're uh, all of those people have a lot in common. And so, you know, as as a community, and I guess when you write a book, you're trying to create a community as well. You you want to push the boundaries, but it's important to have a basic understanding of nutritional science. And so, how did you make the connection between the community and the nutritional therapy world? Were there a lot of roadblocks that you were coming up against trying to make these principles really basic, or did it flow really well? What a great question. Nobody's mm. asked that one, so Christine will do that one. Well, as I said before, a lot of this stuff really isn't talked about. So we get into digestion. We get into the vitamins and minerals. You don't hear you hear a lot about the macros, but you don't hear a lot about the micronutrition. Mm. And you don't detoxification is not talked about. Blood sugar regulation, yeah, you talk about blood sugar reg- regulation within a ketogenic diet, but we go into really um, deep detail about it. Um, the endocrine system and, and how all of that works. So, I mean, it's it's tough because people are so focused on the macros and they're focused on, okay, well, his diet looks like that, so that's what I need to do because hmm. that's it'll work for me. And we have something called bioindividuality, which so f- the way Jimmy eats necessarily won't work right for me. And so that's why it's important that we have to test and see how we respond to foods. We all come, you know, with different um, things that we're dealing with that uh, just eating a real whole foods diet won't Mm. fix. So that's why we get into these things and trying to get people to understand that it's not just about the food. It's about all these other things and how all the systems of the body work together. They're interconnected. And if one thing is messed up, they're all going to be messed up. So until they get their digestion. So there are two things that I look at with each client that I see their digestion or blood sugar regulation. If either one of those are uh, messed up, then their endocrine system is going to be messed up. Their immune system is going to be messed up. Their detoxification pathways are going to be compromised. So just trying to get people to understand that it's more than just about even real whole food. It's so much more than that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting... Uh, concept when you start looking at things that are outside food but you know when you have real food uh, you're fixing a lot of the issues but yes it's um, a great start it is yeah definitely a great start so so what are some of the common mistakes you find people um, you know coming to you with and saying look I have this issue I've been eating uh, my my version of of clean keto for as long as I can think Uh, you know why am I still having either weight loss issues or digestive issues or mm-hmm. you know because it's it's not just uh blood sugar reg- regulation or digestion you know it's also the hormone ba- imbalances mm-hmm. it's also food sensitivities and detoxification mm-hmm. in what are some of the common mistakes you find that people are making and then uh are, are there some common fixes to those as well the biggest one that i think is out there that that people think that keto is a certain thing at its core ketogenic diet is a low carb moderate protein high fat diet period but within that that's going to look different from person to person because there's there there may be somebody that doesn't require as much fat in their diet as somebody else the biggest thing that i think that i see uh, there's several one of them is not consuming enough calories now calories when i say calories the the calories really in the grand scheme of things don't matter but in the context of a ketogenic diet 
you're eating more fat and so you're going to be getting more calories and so the ketogenic diet is not about eating sticks of butter and and and, and that sort of thing loading mm. up on <laughs> fat um uh, you know a plate for us would would look like a, a source of protein with a, a fatty sauce on top and some non-starchy veggies with some butter maybe and maybe a side salad so it definitely includes the vegetables so but for a lot of people they think low if low carb is better than low calorie must be better or low fat must be better too mm -hmm. so i have a particular client who just can't get over you know the the calorie thing she, that's been ingrained in her for so long and so she's only eating 800 to a thousand calories a day well she's doing more harm to her metabolism by doing that i'd, I'd much rather her just outright fast you know mm -hmm. than to eat 800 to a thousand calories a another common mistake or a hang-up I would say for people would be the types of sweeteners that they use. Jimmy and I either use liquid stevia or uh, swerve which is um, erythritol. We find that for us these things don't bother us. Um, there are people that are using other sweeteners like maltitol or aspartame or ACE-K, uh, xylitol, and for some people, these sweeteners can raise insulin. Um, so I look at the sweeteners that they use. And then um, going back to the fat thing, um, Jimmy and I are not big fans of fat bombs. We will do them on occasion using the drop and F-bomb nut butters. I don't know if they're available in Australia. They're not. Okay, so they're not available in Australia. But Sorry, dude. There, it's just basically so a nut. <laughs> it's just basically a nut butter in a packet where you yeah. can travel with it. But yeah. they have macadamia nuts yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You can make your own nut butter. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, mm. we those are the fat bombs that we use. A lot of these people are just making these fat bombs and popping them in in their mouths all day to get their fat. Yeah, quota. just to get the macro, the the fat macro. That is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. Mm, so, I, you, you, I mean, I don't mind them on occasion. Like if you want to make a sweet um, um, fat bomb, you know, for a dessert, that that's fine with me. And, and, and a lot of people are drinking their calories, too. And I, I'm not a big fan of that so, in that there are some people that will drink their coffee with their butter and MCT oil and heavy cream and all this sort of stuff. But yet they'll eat a breakfast as well. Mm. I don't mind the coffee in the morning if you're not going to eat breakfast but if you're going to eat a breakfast of bacon and eggs and an avocado or some spinach or something like that then you really don't need the 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 i guess the coffee and the the, the fat in the in the coffee like that i'd rather you eat your calories than to drink them so for me those are some common mistakes that i see people making that can kind of cause hang-ups Mm, yeah, that's it's interesting that you um, talk about you know having to eat the amount of fat that is required for your macronutrient profile, and there's you know the the, the macros are so big in the ketogenic world because I guess it is a, such a big flip, and a lot of people have to understand that the diet is mainly comprised of fat, but underneath that there's all the micronutrients and everything that yes. comes along with it, and uh, and so you know eating real foods, how are you using a lot a lot of people will say oh, the ketogenic diet's a really expensive diet mm -hmm. i can't do it it's for rich people uh, but in actual fact it's a fantastic health insurance policy for anything that happens down the track and so if you don't have um a, a, a 
you know if you don't have the time to uh, do certain real food things then that's totally fine but but the argument of it being too expensive i think um is sort of debunked a little bit so i actually ran a cost analysis on the diet that i ate prior when, when i was obese really obese and unhealthy when I was 410 pounds and on three prescription medications and really eating crap, I was drinking 16 cans of Coca-Cola a day, you know, whole boxes of snack cakes and all this kind of stuff. And what I spent then compared to the grass-fed meats and organic vegetables, and we have backyard chickens and all the upkeep that it has uh, to give us those beautiful organic free-range eggs, and we grow our own vegetables in our greenhouse uh, this time of year. Um, and then when it's warmer weather, we have a garden in the front and backyard. You know, when you add all of the money that we spend on all those things, it's about one third of what I used to spend on all that junk food. And the, the part of the problem is people never get satisfied on the junk food. So what do they do? They constantly eat more and more of it because their body is screaming at them. Please give me the micronutrients that I need. So what you get when you eat real whole foods and healthy fats and eat it in a ketogenic approach, you end up eating less and less often than you did when you ate crap. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of an excuse to say, well, it's too expensive to eat that way. Add up. I, I, I encourage people, you know, write it all down, what you eat on a crap diet and then what you spend on quality food on a ketogenic diet and you'll, your eyes will be opened. Mm. And I guess a big part of that would be the, the health care that is uh, quickly followed by eating a, a, a pretty low nutrient diet as well. Yes, I didn't even account into that, but you're exactly right. I don't ever go to the doctor and I try to stay away from them as much as possible. I don't take medications. So all of those costs would definitely be included in that cost analysis. This episode is brought to you by The Complete Keto Diet. Have a think about this for a second. How long will it take you to reach your health goals? Is it four weeks? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Maybe you don't need to lose weight, but you're struggling with the whole lifestyle thing that everyone keeps talking about. Who is going to be around long enough or be committed enough to you to help you achieve your health goals? That answer is me. I created the Complete Keto Diet specifically to help 10,000 people achieve their health goals over the next five years. That means I'm there for you in the beginning, through the plateaus, and the maintenance of your journey towards better health. But why 10,000 people? Well, simply put, I want to bring you the most actionable and realistic ways to get your health right using the ketogenic diet. But I also want to make sure that everyone succeeds and nobody gets left behind. Your name is very important to me. So how does it all work? Well, this is done with a ketogenic meal plan that is sent to your inbox every single week. You might have seen some of my YouTube meal plan videos on creating simple ketogenic meal plans, which are getting very close now to a million views alone. The advantage of my meal plans over others is that you are given simple recipes with simple ingredients with a great variety of food. You won't be eating the same meal every day and best of all I include substitutions for dairy-free, nut-free and other types of allergens. Plus all of the ratios are calculated for you. You'll be saving money with shopping lists that only include the items that you actually need. 
Not only does it come with weekly meal plans, but we do a weekly coaching session with everyone so that you can get your answers solved right away. You also get exclusive tools and resources, exclusive deals on all your favorite keto-friendly products that will probably save you more money than you think, plus a community of people to help you always succeed and keep you accountable every single step of the way. Sustainability is the key to long-term success with the ketogenic diet. I am not here to help you drop as much weight as possible in a three-month period. I am here for life. If you think this is what you've been looking for, I offer a seven-day free trial for anyone who is looking to see if it's the right fit for them. I offer steep discounts for six-month and yearly memberships that include one-on-one sessions with me as well, so you'll always have the answers. Head on over to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to receive 15% off the membership. Oh, and did I mention that everything is in Australian dollars? Hurrah! Go to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to start moving towards your health goals today. Hmm. And um, there was a, a documentary that was recently put together by uh, Chef Pete Evans here in Australia, and I can't remember the other co-producer, but uh, it was called The Magic Pill. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that people out there who are listening have probably read or seen this uh, documentary, but it was fantastic to see that there was a lady who was doing, uh, she was constantly being uh, having to inject insulin, and so the diet was actually cheaper for her because she had to reduce the amount of insulin. She was spending like $1,000 a month on insulin. And so the, by reducing the amount of insulin um, by, by eating real whole foods uh, made, made everything cheaper. And so, yeah, I think, I think the, the, the cost analysis for eating real food is <laughs> just <laughs> some, something that uh, is, uh, you know, go out, go out and, and do a mm-hmm. cost analysis of the yep. food that you do eat. But, you know, there, there's, there's also behind the macros and behind all of the real food, um, as I was saying before, you know, there's inflammation issues and hormone imbalances and, and food sensitivities and all of the detoxification pathways and, and everything that happens in the stomach. Um, and so, you know, what are some of the key factors that um, do that is covered in the book uh, and because a lot of people are trying to either eliminate dairy because they're having digestive issues from that or they have food sensitivities to dairy that may Mm. be eggs that may be nuts what are some of the common things that um you know you find that people around you or in the ketogenic community or in the community for the book as well um that have been finding really helpful from the book so the big thing i think for me i mean just because I've personally dealt with this is my digestion and 90% of the population is deficient in stomach acid that's mm. 90 so if you're if you're deficient in stomach acid you're not going to be digesting and absorbing your nutrients properly um, things that are needed for um, hydrochloric acid production uh, gastrin b6 and zinc and so Um, If you're deficient in these things, then you're not going to be producing enough stomach acid. Now, what happens when you don't have enough stomach acid? The food sits in your stomach longer than it should. Your carbohydrates ferment, your fats start to go rancid, and your proteins start to putrefy. This moves down into your digestive system, and it causes irritation in the intestinal tract. We all have a certain amount of permeability in our small intestine. But this irritation increases that impermeability. These proteins, especially 
these undigested foods, especially the proteins, start to go into the bloodstream and the body sees these as foreign invaders as as it should. So that you get an immune response. Well, over time, the, your immune system starts to confuse these uh, your normal healthy tissue with these foreign invaders because the proteins especially look very similar to some of your nor- normal healthy tissue. Like for me, I have Hashimoto's, which so my body was seeing these proteins that were getting into my bloodstream and it started attacking my thyroid because those proteins that were getting into my bloodstream looked similar to that. So that's how autoimmune conditions happen. And these undigested foods also cause a whole host of gut health issues, um, yeast overgrowth, um, candida, and, and, you know, uh, just an overgrowth of the bad bacteria. Um, Something else that happens with insufficient stomach acid is you're more prone to getting um, Helicobacter pylori or H. pylori. Mm. Your stomach, your the, the stomach is the first line of defense for getting those um, good uh, those bad bugs and, and killing them, and that's what um, the hydrochloric acid is responsible for. So, if somebody, let's just say somebody gets some food poisoning, it may be probably due to insufficient stomach acid because the bad bugs that were in that food would have been killed off by sufficient stomach acid. So for me, I I think digestion is the biggest thing that people deal with today. And, um, And all these systems are just interconnected. If you are not consuming enough fat, your endocrine system is not gonna work right because your sex hormones and your thyroid hormones need fat. Uh, your immune system needs healthy fats to uh, to work right. We need the um, we need the anti-inflammatory fats plus the inflammatory. When, when I say inflammatory, you automatically think of something bad, but it's actually a good thing because we need to inflame before we can heal. Mm. The inflammation is actually the body's way of clearing the way for the white blood cells to get to the site of infection or. Um, a wound that you might have so if you see redness that's the inflammation that's the saturated fats doing their job because saturated fats tend to be inflammatory in nature the mono um, the um, omega-3s and the omega-6s tend to be anti-inflammatory in nature so um, yeah digestion would be one of the biggest things that that people don't realize that they're still struggling with Mm, yeah, it's it it is it is something that's really important, you know, because as soon as you fix your digestive health, then you can improve your ability to r- use real food better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, You'll absorb your nutrients properly. It, exactly, and and so mm-hmm. that sieve that is in that is your gut, basically. Um, mm-hmm. If if the if that sieve becomes uh, tighter and tighter, and you're able to absorb more nutrients from your food. First of all, you need less food to get the mm-hmm. same amount of nutrients, and yep. and so for people out there who are wondering, like I'm eating this uh, this uh, quote unquote really healthy diet, but I'm not seeing any of the benefits from it, and and generally that becomes a digestive issue. And yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, and <clears throat> and so there's there's been a big thing about. Um, the carnivore diet recently, and so there's a lot of protein in the carnivore diet, and I guess, um, you, you know, what's what's your opinion about it? Is it used as a tool? Um, is it something that people should be doing for a long time? And and how does the excess protein sort of uh, flow through into something that if, if someone has really poor digestive health, how does that excess protein sort of go, I guess, into the bloodstream and, and cause more damage? Um, but is it, you know, what's your what's your sort of train of thought on that? 
Yeah, in general, I think the uh, carnivore diet <clears throat> could be a pretty good approach for people that are coming off of uh, like a standard American or Australian uh, junk food diet. Mm. And so I think it's a jumping off point from the crap. And if it, if the simplicity of doing a uh, carnivore diet of, you know, having a few rib ribeyes on the steak like Dr. Sean Baker likes to do, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> then, then if that simplicity gets you off of junk and you start feeling better and you get the benefits of pretty much ketosis, mm -hmm. then I think it's a good starting point. My concern with it is the long-term effects on gut health. And mm -hmm. without the vegetation, how do you feed the good uh, flora? So I think you can do it in a bad way if you eat leaner meats, um, but I think the ones that are doing it with the fattier meats, you kind of lower that protein load so that you actually end up having about 70 to 75% of it being fat. And I know a lot of the carnivore people, they're not opposed to like using sauces on top of it. So if you use an, a mm. good Bernays sauce or throwing some butter on top of a steak or something like that, you get a little more fat in there so that it ends up being about maybe 25% protein which is much higher than what i would eat on a ketogenic diet but with the within the context of having a higher fat uh form of meat like a ribeye steak don't eat kangaroo that is so lean uh and here in america it's it's chicken and turkey that would be the way lean uh meats i don't even eat those things unless i'm having them in their whole form um, because there's just not enough fat so i i think a carnivore diet could be a good start or a good hack for a little while but i'm still dubious about the long-term gut health effects that it has Right, yes. And um, uh, recently here at Low Carb Down Under, Dr. Stephen Finney was talking about the sources of potassium and where you would actually get that from those meat sources. And I think also Dr. Rhonda Patrick has uh, similar ideas about it. Um, but regardless of all of this, you know, that's probably a debate for another day. <laughs> um, uh, traditionally speaking, as I was saying before, uh, food is an uncommon aid for uh, for health. And so how does it feel to be able to improve someone's life through the work that you're doing? Because it's such a big thing to be able to help people, but not, uh, not only help people, but, you know, let them get to their goals or be able to fix digestive issues. How does that feel um, as an author and as, uh, you know, as, a, as an inspiration to someone? How does that sort well, of feel? Well, for me, it, it feels really good. I mean, just a, a personal example my dad had been struggling with some gut health issues he was um, not going to the bathroom every day he would go about every three days mm. and then when he did it was diarrhea and so he calls me up and you know tells me what he's dealing with and so i'm like well dad it sounds like you need a, a probiotic and so i i put him on a probiotic which is feeding his um kind of replenishing those good gut bugs in his stomach and he's on that for about you know three to four weeks he calls me back and he says um how, what is that probiotic supposed to do i mean i'm going to the bathroom every day now and and I like, he says is that a good thing i'm like well it, it depends are you still having diarrhea and he goes no it's it's i'm just having a normal bowel movement but it's every day and i'm like dad that's normal it's <laughs> not normal to go every three days yep. and so he had been struggling with that for gosh years and years and years and he just thought that was normal but now he knows what normal is supposed to feel like and just to see the improvement in his health that way was was really rewarding i don't want to know about your father uh, your father's poop sorry 
Well, I take a hard pass on that I, one. I joke that you're really comfortable with your dad when you can talk to him about his poop. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I would, I would have to totally agree. And and so, um, yeah, it, it must be really inspiring to be able to help the people who are closest to you. But there's so many other people out there in the world who have who may not know you and pick up the book yeah. and say, uh, you know, this book has helped me reverse a lot of the issues that I've had. And so, um, I just wanted to say that because a, a lot of people they put so much work into a book and so much work you know it feels like this mammoth effort and by the time it goes on the shelf it's it's over but it's not because all of yeah the, all of the effort and you know everything starts rolling in and you'll have it for years to come and i'm sure jimmy you would know uh, oh my goodness the books that you've written as well keto clarity is the one i'm most famous for and i still to this day get people coming up to me and saying that book changed their life it was their entry level into getting into keto and understanding more and listening to podcasts and just really caring about their health for the first time in their life and I'm like oh my goodness it's just it's overwhelming in fact the first time I ever came to Australia um, I didn't even have keto clarity yet I was just a podcaster at the time and I came to the low carb down under event and it was in uh, where was that? Melbourne, Melbourne was my very first talk. And I, I remember asking at the very beginning, how many people listen to my podcast, The Live in La Vida Low Carb Show? And it was like three-fourths of the audience. And it was at that point that it became real for me of, oh, my goodness, this, this is going this is going out there. People actually <laughs> are actually paying attention. And then a lot of them came up and talked about how my work had influenced them. So, yeah, there's there's no greater uh, reward for an author than to get that kind of feedback. Mm, that is that is so fantastic and and yeah i guess as a as a podcaster as well um there's there's so many people out there who are listening and maybe you're listening to this in your car or on a run or whatever it is but uh it, it's it's fantastic to be able to do this and to be able to help people and so at, towards the end of the podcast i do like asking some rapid rapid questions rapid round robin oh i love stuff. this yes <laughs> go uh so so the first one and i guess we can both get answers from both of you or if you want to take turns i'll leave that up to you um but what is your favorite keto food oh gosh yours is bacon yeah yeah easily bacon <laughs> and I, I like it when it's really good and ripe avocado Ooh, ooh. because you can add avocado to literally anything but if you wanted an everyday food eggs Ooh, okay okay and so i have i have questions bacon how do you cook it what is the best way and then what seasonings do you add to the avocado to make it super delicious so for the bacon we cook it on low to keep it from burning and, and that's we cook it in a skillet on the stovetop that's uh, we've done it in the oven a couple of times but m mostly in a skillet on low and i don't use uh, spices with the avos uh like how i did the uh, australian version of uh, avocado avos <laughs> um and so yeah i i like to use it to accentuate the flavor in other foods that i'm eating or to dampen down maybe a little bit of something that's spicy so i use it because it's blander uh for that purpose Mm, interesting. You can use it in chocolate pudding too. You can do all kind of stuff with avos. They're amazing, and they got a million of them in Australia. It's hard to find avocados in America. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can't just go down to any store. You have to like kind of hunt for them. Oh, that's interesting because avocados here in Australia are very expensive. They're, They're coming like, out your ears. <laughs> I know. It's 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 almost like all of the minerals that we have here in Australia. We just send them overseas to get processed, and then 
get them back. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> so silly. Uh, I guess m- maybe not the same with avocados, but yeah, they're very expensive. Two and two mm-hmm. two dollars fifty yes. each, I think, here in Australia. So wow. I don't know what that is. In well, when we US do dollars. find them here, we can usually get like a bag of five of them, right about five to six dollars. Oh, okay, okay. So that's that's coming up a little bit cheaper. So that's that's yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so in, 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 in contrast to that question, what is something that you don't particularly enjoy eating? Is there a particular keto food that you would rather steer clear of? Uh, keto food. I'm going to start first. Coffee. Okay. Everybody Ooh. does the bulletproof coffee. That yeah. is so nasty. And yes, I've had Aussie coffee. It's still gross. I just, something about the, the taste in my mouth, it's like a cigarette, but mm. I'm just sitting there sucking on a, on cigarette ashes. It's nasty. Mm. For me, I think it would be the organ meats. Uh, just there's, there's are they some, awful? Are they, is that what you're saying? <laughs> they're awful. Yeah, they're awful. <laughs> so I I tend to supplement with the uh, was it desiccated? Um, Big thyroid. Yeah. Well, no, just the the vital vital proteins. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's a company here that or Paleo uh, Valley. Paleo Valley makes a little meat organ complex. So they they put the heart and liver and all that stuff in like a freeze dried form in a pill, so you don't have to actually taste it. Yeah. So it's not awful. So it's not all, yeah, so the organ meats would have to be something that I would stay away from. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm a big fan of pate, but the amount of organ meat in those, I'm not too sure. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, and the way that they're processed and everything. Anyway, so uh, interesting, interesting. So so uh, what book or video has recently inspired you? Is there something that, um, you know, you've recently read that you think might be worth sharing with other people? The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F oh, yes. by Mark Manson. Yep. That guy, he put into words what has been in my head for years. <laughs> and I, I think for a lot of people, they hang on to stresses. And, and, it, and it's usually predicated on caring about what other people think and, and letting that impact your life and impact who and what you are. And so, yeah, get that book. It, it's, it's selling really well around the world for, for good reason. I mean that dude he he just articulated it and did and wasn't apologetic about it either. <laughs> He's like I just don't really care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out it connected it, it, uh, with a lot of people around the world. So yes, <laughs> I think it was a good topic to cover. Um, and so I was a musician for a long time. Uh, I really love to hear people's music taste. And so, is there any classics, any music that you've recently been? Did you listening have a to? book, Christine? Oh, I was oh. just thinking about. There's one. And I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember it's the name of. Phone. Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. Um, Going to talk in the microphone. Um, there was one that we had to read going through the nutritional therapy um, practitioner program, and it deals with the. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of what, the what's adrenal. It, what's the, topic? the adrenal fatigue. Oh. Um, it talks about adrenal fatigue because a lot of people um, don't realize how important your adrenal glands are, and I'm trying to remember the name of it i can't remember the name of it everybody's <laughs> like, laughing at you because they mar- probably know what it is but yeah. anyway, anyway so. there were a lot of good ones and you loved that the big fat surprise was in there by nina teicholz who uh nina actually wrote a a the you know a little blurb on the back of our book for us yeah oh, yeah that's she, fantastic. She, she, that, that was a hard read going through the program but it was very very worth it mm, yeah i the big fat surprise is probably one of my all-time favorites throughout uh, all of the the readings that I've done just because it it really digs into a lot of that research and try and tries to debunk a lot of it which is Nina Teicholz is just amazing um and yep 
Uh, so uh, before I jump to the music question, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I cut okay. you off there. Um, uh, it, outside of prescription medication, are you currently taking any supplements and what are some of the reasons behind those? So I take several supplements. It's really hard to get all the nutrients you need through your food, either because the soil is depleted or because we're not digesting and absorbing our nutrients properly. Mm. So Jimmy and I both take a multivitamin. I take methylated folate because I have the uh, MTHFR gene mutation. Um, My body cannot convert folic acid into folate, so I have to take methylated folate for my body to be able to, to use it properly. Um, D3 is another one that I supplement with. I just tend to have problems with the conversion of, of um, the body doing converting the into D3 like it needs to from the sun. Mm. So I supplement with that. And then uh, selenium would be another one. Like I'll do that through some Brazil nuts because most people are deficient in selenium. But you can get all the selenium you need through a couple of Brazil nuts and you're good to go. Uh, what else do I take? I take some fish oil for inflammation. I take um, magnesium, some electrolytes. Whenever I feel a muscle cramp coming on, I will tend to use an electrolyte mixture in a powder form mm-hmm. that I just put in my water. And that usually takes care of all those muscle cramps. Um, but those are the main ones that I supplement with. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's it's always nice to hear that uh, you know, f- for uh, uh, with particular gene mutations and things like that, that you do actually have to supplement some things because uh, as as you were saying before, the bioindividuality of of everyone is different, and so mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, don't don't go out and and just take these. Uh, these supplements without knowing exactly what they're doing in your body so it's it's really important for that um and uh uh, jimmy did you have any anything to add to that or yeah i try to keep it pretty simple an iron-free multivitamin is usually pretty good uh both christine and i have the mthfr gene mutation so we try to do a methylated form of folate um and vitamin D supplementation, I think, for most people, unless you live in Australia where you get great sunshine all the time, uh, <laughs> you you need to supplement. Um, and I, I am not good about it. Christine will yell at me sometimes. Why don't you take your digestive enzymes? So uh, I'm working on that and working on trying to improve gut health. So some probiotics from time to time as well. Mm, yeah. And uh, fermented foods can be a really great help for that. But with people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but again, like if you have really bad digestive issues, it, it can sort of exacerbate the problem. So, yes. <laughs> a, so start, start out slow with them. And you don't right. need that much. Yeah. You don't need that much to be effective. Exactly. And things like bone broth and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a there's a process that I really uh, my mom was talking about this, actually. And she was saying that because she's a health practitioner as well. And so. When she goes and gets advice from someone else, she likes to call it partnering with uh, another health uh, professional. Uh, and so how, how do you guys sort of um, go to other, other people who may, I don't know, I guess, uh, if you're partnering with other nutritionists or you're partnering with other people, um, what, are, what are some of the, the people that you might go to or maybe if, if someone is looking out there to, to find a nutritionist or to find a nutritional uh, therapist um, or any, anything to, to, to get those supplements really well-rounded for them, 
who who would be someone that might be able to help them with that? Is that something that you do? Um, is that something? Gee, that I wonder. Is there somebody, Christine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can actually. I I have access to some uh, pharmaceutical grade uh, supplements that I could definitely recommend to a client. But I cannot, as a nutritional therapy practitioner, I cannot run blood tests. I would need to get further education for that. So I work with their doctor, whoever they see that would be able to order those blood tests and run them then I have them bring those results back to me and especially working with clients and wanting to know where they stand with their micronutrients um, I have them ask their doctor to run a vitamins and mineral panel just to see where they stand because potassium especially can be very dangerous if you don't know where you stand with your potassium and if you are already high and you start supplementing with just potassium too much potassium is just as dangerous as too low potassium it can be fatal so you really need to know where you stand and that's why it's important for me to know where they stand with their nutrients and so i would i would talk to their either their primary care physician i would have them talk to a specialist that they're dealing with if they are dealing with diabetes i would have them you know consult with their endocrinologist and and get back with me um if they see a chiropractor a lot of times um, a functional medicine doctor acupuncturist or chiropractor they are more open to different types of diets and using diet first and foremost as a way to heal the body and so that that's kind of my role in it where i i look at their food journal i look at an intake form you know giving some of their medical history i i look at an, what's called a nutritional assessment questionnaire but these things don't give me all of the answers and I kind of want to know maybe where their lipid profile stands you know as far as their cholesterol their triglycerides things like that so in this instance I would definitely work with their doctors I do not treat diagnose and treat medical conditions but if I happen to fix their diabetes through a <laughs> a nutrient dense well formulated diet and lifestyle changes then that's really good you mm -hmm. know and I think that's probably the, the way that the person <laughs> would prefer to do it as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, for sure. And, and what you were talking about before with potassium, you know, if, if, uh, if someone has uh, low potassium, maybe it's supplementing with vitamin D to actually stop the leakage. Uh, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. Anyway, we could talk about that yeah. for ages. Stop the leakage. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so I was a musician for a long time, so I really love hearing people's music tastes, music interest, whatever it is. Uh, and so do you have oh, any classics? Do you have any music they've been listening to recently that is, has been like, you know, an album or something? Well, for me, it's kind of off the wall. It's something very new that was introduced to me through my pastor, um, it's called Whole Tones by Michael Terrell. And he uses these different frequencies that supposedly were used back in, in biblical times when David was playing for Saul, King Saul, and it, it, Saul was suffering from um, depression and, and demonic influence. And David would play and would the music would soothe him. And these different frequencies that I've been listening to... Um, each one has a certain benefit on the body, whether it's digestion, enzyme production, you know, dealing with headaches. So, I mean, that's something recent that I've just started. But o overall, I'm a big Christian music fan. And so that's usually what I will listen to. What about you, Jimmy? 
Oh, I was a child of the 80s. Anything 80s, I am all over. <laughs> so nothing new. All the new music kind of sucks. So, <laughs> Except for Happy by Pharrell. I like that one. Ooh, yeah. You do like... Uptown um, Funk by... Uh, you do what? like... A, what's her name? Megan Trainer. Yeah, well, it's all about that bass, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and you know, pop music gets such a bad name, but I think it's possibly the most complex mu- complex music out there because they've been being able to uh, uniquely craft a particular melody and a particular sound to evoke emotion. And so isn't that what music's all about? If you feel yeah. the emotion. Uh, and, and I guess, you know, uh, on, in contrast with the whole tones, um, many people don't know this, but in India, so uh, if you think about a piano, so there's the white keys and the black keys, and they're all like uh-huh. semitones apart. Uh, the whole tones yeah. would be all of the white keys, I guess. And then mm-hmm. in India, they work in microtones and so um there's like a whole bunch of tones in between those notes and so yes. indian musicians are very very uh good and knowledgeable about uh, knowledgeable about all of those microtones anyway absolutely <laughs> yeah it's fascinating it's something that i that i definitely want to research a little more and and, and it could be something that i could recommend to my clients as well because not a lot is known about it yet and uh, if it's something that can be beneficial, I mean, music is very healing. Mm-hmm. It can be more powerful than the spoken word uh, oftentimes. So, yeah, it's very important. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Music Talk. <laughs> all music, all the time. <laughs> we, we, we. The binaural beats, you know. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> And so, um, you know, at the end of the podcast, I love answering a big overarching question. And so for people uh, who are looking to get into a real food style uh, diet, whether that's keto, whether that's coming from the standard American or Australian diet, what would be some of the first steps for those people to have a really big impact on their health um, and on their lifestyle? Well, the first thing, in my opinion, would be to cut out the processed foods and and sugars, the the high carbohydrate um, diet. I mean, it's just so harmful on the body. Um, Again, we all have bioindividuality and we can, each person can tolerate a certain amount of carbohydrates. But I think cutting out the processed foods and sugar would be the first biggest step that I would recommend that they do because... You don't necessarily need to eat a ketogenic diet, but I think for most people today, a ketogenic diet will have benefits, but it's not something absolutely necessary for everybody. And for me, I think the fear of fat Mm. needs to come to an end. Mm. And I think if people start embracing real food-based fats and not the fats that they tell us to eat, so all those vegetable oils that you thought were heart-healthy, stop eating those because they are extremely unhealthy, very inflammatory to your body. Embrace real whole foods like butter, avocados, coconut oil, lard. All of these are the real whole foods that will make your body healthier, obviously within the context of a carbohydrate-restricted diet. And when I say carb-restricted, not the good carbs, the crappy garbage, as I like to call it, all of the junk food that's out there. If you eliminate those and replace those with healthy fats your body will reward you with great health. Mm, that is fantastic advice. And so, uh, you know, I, I really loved having you both on the podcast, Christine and Jimmy Moore. Um, where, people, where can people find you? Where can people get in contact with you? Where can people buy the book? Uh, and then, you know, uh, what are the first things that those people could do with the book? So as far as the book goes, they can go to realfoodketo.com and order it there. Then I have a website 
rebootingyournutrition.com and they can write to me there, contact me and ask about my services and I will let them know the cost and everything that's involved with that. That's how you can find me. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And what they can do with the book is read it and and use it as a resource and then share the information with friends, family, doctors, dietitians. I, I think the way we change this world is we get the messages that we learn and we go, aha, that might be the missing element. And so we hope people read Real Food Keto and the same thing happens for them. They're like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that I had low stomach acid and that might be why I'm not seeing optimal results in my health. So uh, that's what we're hoping happens when people read the book. And of course, I can be found livinlavitalowcarb.com or if you Google Jimmy Moore, the first three pages is like everything I've done in podcasts <laughs> and books and everything. It just means I've been out there a very long time. <laughs> and uh, and for those people who are, who are wondering about the podcast, pause this podcast right now if you're not already subscribed to jimmy's podcast go into your favorite podcast app uh live in la vida low carb it will come straight up uh and and i just wanted to say from me and all of the listeners to this podcast a really big warm thank you for both of you for taking the time out to record this podcast with us and give us some really really helpful information because you know a lot of this stuff really isn't talked about in the ketogenic diet and i know i get a lot of backlash from talking about <laughs> real foods uh <laughs> and uh yeah, you know it's isn't that crazy you get back backlash for talking about real whole foods <laughs> yeah it's it is crazy wow. and and so it's it's really awesome to to have you both on the podcast and to to talk about this and sort of talk about it in a very uh, uh neutral sort of uh safe place i guess so <laughs> yeah thank we you. get you you get us yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a happy family yeah. Yeah. we appreciate you having us thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and i'm sure we'll be talking to you soon yeah absolutely she'll be right mate <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.